Welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. And every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food culture in Malaysia. And I bring in some food friends and experts to talk about it. Since starting this show, I've received a handful of comments saying how, hmm, I thought your show will feature more about breads, right? Because that is the show's name after all. Well, this week, we're in for a treat because today we are talking about breads and fermentation. Because in the studio with us, we have Chan Su Yin and Ong Seng Kiet, the founders of Yin Sourdough Bakery in Damansara Uptown and Yin's Whole Food Manufactory in Penang. They're actually, yeah, I think they're our first guests from Penang. So we'll definitely talk about their business and touch on the differences in taste and palate of the people in KL and Penang. And we'll definitely dive deep into the world of fermentation too. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hi. Morning. Thanks for coming by today. Um, so, just as an intro, why don't you tell us about yourself? Hi, I'm Yin here. I'm from uh, Yin Sourdough Bakery. So, uh, I work in a pharmaceutical sales line before we opened a bakery. So, working in a pharmaceutical sales line uh, usually is like a very hectic job. And the way of I de-stress is uh, come home, I bake a loaf of bread. 8 o'clock mm. when I reach home, I can get a loaf of bread at 11 p.m. Yeah, it's Whoa, that so easy. You come, wow, when you come back home at I'm still baking. 6, 7, <laughs> then you're like baking 3, 4 hours. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So with a type of yeasted bread that we baked last time, it's very easy, quick. Just 3 hours, I can get a loaf of bread. Yeah. So that is the way how I started baking and my mom liked baking. This is how the influence from. And my grandpa opened a kopitiam, the old timers kopitiam in Ipoh. Yeah. So this is how actually uh, I started with the hobby of baking. Then uh, I quit my job and my husband was given a working assignment in the United States. The whole family actually followed him to uh, United States to have uh, the exploration of the food, the education. We bring along the kids there. Then uh, this is how actually we get close to another type of bread that is uh, without yeast, so-called a commercial yeast, sourdough bread, when we travel along. yeah. So I started to convert, start baking sourdough bread, and we start our sourdough culture, the starter in Oregon, where we lived there for two years. And we find that uh, sourdough bread is the bread that we should continue baking from then on. Mm. Yeah. Then we, we actually tried sharing this bread to my mom, who is a diabetic, and it works very well. And we tried to uh, email a professor in Canada that actually have a publication of uh, comparing sourdough bread with the normal bread in Cambridge Journal. And we see the same result in people with high sugar level. So it won't spike up the blood sugar even until the second meal. So my mom has taken for about uh, one year and we find that uh, when we come back to Penang, this is something that we would like to share with the local community. 
Mm, and Sankit, for you as well. So you were an engineer before, you were telling me. Yeah. But since uh, since Suyin started all her baking from her hobby and turning it into like a, a business, you have dived straight into that as well, right? Yes. Yin is the the chef in Yin Saudo Bakery and Yin's Whole Food Manufactory. I was the I wasn't a chef. I was just the chief eating officer. I eat. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm no way knows how to cook or how to make a good cup of coffee. I was an engineer. So basically, what happens is that when we came back from the US, we decided to start a bakery in Balik Pulau, just uh, like five minute walks away from our house, so that she can just walk over and do her stuff there. So one thing led to another. After a year, uh, we find that uh, actually Balik Pulau is business was slow. We we were deciding whether to close down or or to move to another place in Georgetown. Mm. So that's when we moved to Georgetown, and uh, one thing led to another. Things were getting very busy, and uh, the decision was to close down everything or I quit my job and focus on trying to make this to bring this to the next level which in the end uh, the, as a family we make the decision to for me to stop uh, to quit my engineering job and uh, to dive into the sourdough business mm. and then in 2018 you guys decided to open a place in, in PJ as well right it's in Damansara Uptown what was the motivation behind that shift because you were always in Penang and I mean, that is where your home is, right? Part of the reason is um, is introducing good bread to the community in uh, PJ. I mean, we have been uh, getting people who visit us from all around Malaysia telling us, hey, you guys have to come over to our town to start a sourdough bakery. Because Suin is kind of a perfectionist in her bread making. <laughs> when she says sourdough, she has to make real sourdough. So... Yin, being the perfectionist you are, how do you make a real sourdough, as Sanket <laughs> puts it? <laughs> uh, I think every bakery, they have their different ways of uh, making sourdough bread. If, let's say, uh, you see around, the recipe is almost the same. Yeah, But different bakery, they, pro- they will actually uh, bake uh, a different flavor, texture of uh, sourdough bread. And uh, you, you, you actually, uh, if you go around all the bakeries, it will give you a different type of uh, flavor too. Just like when you get when we were in uh, uh, San Francisco, we go to uh, Bowden uh, Bakery, then we also try Tartin Bakery. So, uh, what we are getting sometimes because of the process, it will be different also. Yeah. So, for the sourdough bread. Uh, that we make in Yin Sourdough Bakery. Uh, at at the beginning, till now, we are still using the same sourdough culture that we brought back from uh, Oregon. Yeah, so we started it just with flour and water, and go through the natural fermentation, a, a very long fermentation compared to what I've baked before, like the yeasted bread. It's really not easy. Because when we first started experiment in uh, Oregon, first time that I went through all season, winter, summer, oh, 
I find that different temperature it give a different uh, results. Yeah, response. Yeah. So uh, it's not easy to handle actually in different season compared to when I back in Penang. So sometimes even during winter, I have to put the sourdough culture in uh, the oven. Yeah, I put uh, a cup of warm water in the oven without on it and just let it ferment in a more warmer uh, environment. So the sourdough bread that uh, we make, we have different types. Yeah, At first, we started with uh, just flour, water, and... Uh, a bit of salt. Uh, salt, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is actually what we are using. Then along the way, uh, to make a different type of texture of breads, so we add in other things, some with uh, brioche, then we add in eggs, butter, another type of soft, a little bit softer. Then we put a little bit of rice bran oil. Then we also put a little bit of brown sugar, but we try to minimize uh, to be less sweet, uh, less oily. Mm-hmm. Because uh, bread is something that we are make, eating every day. But one thing on the bread itself, we do not want to put in any commercial yeast because we just want it to go through a natural fermentation. Because through this, we find that uh, through a natural fermentation, it breaks down the carbohydrate, starch, protein, gluten in the flour itself. Yeah. So with that, uh, I find that this is the possible uh, uh, reason that give uh, people with high sugar level like my mom a better result maintain the uh, blood glucose level better by taking sourdough bread. Yeah, it still amazes me that, as you say, sourdough itself is just water and flour, right? And I guess a bit of salt. But then you go to all these different places and they're making sourdoughs, but each sourdough tastes so, so different, despite just having two base ingredients, right? And yeah, sure, you can like add things to it and make it into a brioche or make it into like a sweeter breads. But it's still like, yeah, I think it still blows my mind that the act of fermentation itself from the natural yeast, natural fermentation, it helps to create so much flavor and so much depth there and a lot of complexity as well. And yeah, it's just really, really amazing to me. And you also mentioned something uh, to me just now about how was it in China or something that people started putting fermented fruit water into the into the sourdough itself to get the yeast or the bacteria culture from the fruit itself, right? Can you talk to me about that? Because you were experimenting with that as well. Yeah, at the beginning, uh, when I first, first get close to a sourdough bread uh, when I was in States, yeah. So in States, the type of sourdough bread will be more chewy, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a bit different. So I also try another ways of making that is using the, uh, they call it the fruit enzyme water. Yeah, we start up with uh, some different kind of fruits. I started up with uh, apple and I do try before with uh, grapes. So add a bit of sugar in it and let it ferment. So the type of uh, fermenting ways uh, techniques at the beginning is a bit different than we add in with flour. Yeah, uh, that is a bit different compared to what I'm using now. Uh, some people, uh, a lot of people actually 
in the whole world now, a lot of bakers, they are trying different ways too. Yeah. In Taiwan also, it's very popular. But I stick back to just flour and water because back to in Malaysia, I find that getting an unbleached flour is more easier than uh, get like getting fruits that is uh, organic and uh, non-chemical. It's not that easy. Mm. So I stick back to these two uh, basic ingredients, just flour and water. I find it works very well mm-hmm. because in the flour itself, it has a wild yeast. Yeah. When it combined with the water and the good bacteria like bacteria lactobacilli in the air, it actually uh, works symbiosis and release carbon dioxide. That is how actually the breads fermented and uh, rising. Mm. Yeah. And this is actually something very interesting because uh, actually in university, I studied biochemistry. Uh-huh. So this is something <laughs> like uh, a, an experiment when I'm in Oregon. I said, wow, how these things work. It's very interesting to see that every day, the Sawadu culture is growing. Yeah. So uh, it's something that is amazing. And besides uh, taking care of the kids at that time, because I'm, uh, I'm actually uh, a home minister at that time. Yeah. <laughs> So this is my fourth kid actually. Right. I have three girls with I, I have three girls at home, but this is like another baby I need to take care daily. Uh. And it's very interesting, just like uh kids. So it gives a different type of uh, response every day when the season is different. So do you name your, your sourdough starter as well? Uh, we name it Oregon because it started in right. Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a cool name for a kid as well. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Besides sourdoughs, mm. you also have a ton of other fermented products that you sell at your, your restaurants and your bakeries, which we're going to touch on in a bit. Um, but we're now going to take a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I'm Jun and I've been speaking to Ong Seng Kiet and Chan Su Yin from Yin's Sourdough Bakery in Damansara Uptown as well as Yin's Whole Food Manufactory in Penang. So, besides the sourdoughs that you have at your, your bakery, your restaurant, you also sell a bunch of other fermented foods, one of which you brought with you today, which is the water kefir. Water kefir. Yeah. So, tell me about it. Like, what, what is it? Uh, actually, water kefir, it can be as an enzyme drink, and it can be used in uh, baking too. So when I uh, attended a workshop, uh, a bread baking workshop in Singapore, a good friend of us, a baker, passed us uh, the water kefir grains that sometimes they use it for also baking. So I brought back and we start falling in love with it because uh, it really gives a different type of flavor when you put different type of fruits. At first, we tried with pineapple, watermelon, pomegranate that we brought today. And uh, we also put in like uh, raisin, lemongrass, uh, ginger. Yeah, you can make a lot of different flavors with uh, water kefir and you add in during the second fermentation. Water Mm. kefir is just a very simple ingredient as in the first fermentation. The water kefir grain add in with filter water and uh, sugar, brown sugar that we are using. 
So after this first fermentation of uh, 24 to 36 hours, we sieve out the grains. And after that, we put in different type of fruits and vegetable, uh, and we ferment for another 48 hours. So the whole process, it takes about three to five days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so you brought this pomegranate kefir with you. Yeah. Uh, be careful as it's a uh, fizzy, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and I'm going to open it. Yeah, see. it tastes a little bit like champagne too. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit hard. Ooh. Oops. <gasps> I have to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. a, popping a champagne. Yeah, no, yeah. it's bubbling a lot. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I have to wait, is it? I have to like periodically uh, to turn it open? rest for a while mm. and, uh, and uh, turn the cap, <laughs> yeah, the cap, yeah, slowly. Yeah, or else it will like champagne, it will actually, uh, yeah, comes up. Okay, okay, as as we talk, I'll continue like opening and closing it. <laughs> but so I, I yep. hear that there's for kefir, like there's water kefir, but there's also a milk-based milk one, right? Yes. So what's the difference between the two? Milk kefir actually uh, very simple, it's just fermented uh, milk. So we usually use uh, a milk for fermentation for uh, this. Just ferment about 18 hours at the room temperature. That will give a little bit of sour taste. As compared to yogurt, kefir actually gives a higher percentage of uh, probiotics compared to yogurt, but it's not so thick as uh, yogurt. <laughs> Still waiting for it. Yeah, yeah I'm just yeah. like... Oops. Oh wow! It's uh, it's quite active for yeah, this. Uh, it yeah, it is very active. Uh, almost there. Almost there. Almost there. <laughs> it's like burping a baby, you know. <laughs> the amazing part is all this. Uh, the gas oh, fuel is all natural. There's no uh, mm. injection of uh, CO two or any artificial ingredients to make the bubble. Mm. It's just nature working with the uh, sugar and the mm. fruits to build up the gas. So how the water kefir taste is like more like fizzy drinks, just like when you're drinking soda. Yeah, but this is all by nature. So so you were also saying how like this is a good drink to trick children, is it? Like, uh, oh, my kids like every day they drink one glass. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, that's really healthy instead of like drinking soda or like Coke and stuff, right? Yeah. It's uh, when a different type of uh, fruits or vegetables uh, put in the second fermentation, we tried with also beetroot before. But the beetroot uh, water kefir will taste a little bit like uh, cough syrup. Yeah. So uh, try to experiment with different things at the beginning. And uh, we think, okay, this is the flavor that we should go through. Then we stick to that. Yeah. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, it's properly burnt. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can let's try it. it. Yeah, you can try that. Oh, it's yeah. so fizzy. Yeah, it's quite fizzy. And you can, uh, the smell is quite good. Yeah, it does have a bit of that... Um, Champagne tone to it, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I <laughs> so like it. Actually, if you put grapes into it, right, and then you ferment the grapes, it actually tastes like wine. A little bit like wine. Mm. Yes. Wow, I actually really like this. Nice. So how is it compared to kombucha? <laughs> yeah, so I make my own kombucha at home, right? And I think kombucha is a lot more, or at least the ones that I make at home, it's a lot more acidic. Ah, yeah. okay. So it hits you harder. And it's oh. harder to make it as... Fizzy, I would oh, say. Okay. Yeah, it's still All a right. bit fizzy, but this not is a bit this different. Huh? Yeah, and this <laughs> yeah. one, the flavor, it's a bit lighter as well. I would uh, say for kefir. Mm. Yeah. yeah. One thing amazing is that when you are fermenting the water kefir with the grains, while it's fermenting actively, you can actually see the grain 
swimming around or dancing or my what my mom called as dancing in the the sugar water. Right. So you guys came to KLPJ two years ago, but before that you were always in Penang, right? And I want to speak a bit about what the the differences or the challenges has been in operating these two different places. Because as I understand, the Penang market is very different from the KL market that we know, right? Actually, we moved um, three times. I mean, we opened in three areas. One, the first one we opened is in Balik Pulau, which is a rural part of Penang where the kampongs are. So that was the first time we had the first bakery when uh, that's near our house. So <clears throat> after a year, we moved down to Georgetown. So Georgetown is more of a mixed tourist and a resident and the old uh, city of Georgetown with some offices. So when we first moved from uh, Balik Pulau to Georgetown, there's also a big difference when we see how things are happening. First of all, Suin or Yin has to change her whole recipe, bread recipe, because actually we found the overall ambient temperature or the environment temperature is lower in Balik Pulau by 1 or 2 degrees C. So when we moved to Georgetown, all her bread were overly fermented because oh, wow. it's actually warmer and the natural the Saudo culture were more active. And when we moved to PJ, again, the recipe has to be updated or changed based on the environment and the the kitchen, how the kitchen is set up. So that's the one of the biggest challenge is um, working naturally. You have to work with the nature that is around you, mm. not, not, not through the chemical-induced control environment, but nature-control environment. Mm-hmm. That's the first challenge we had. The second challenge we had was that when we moved to Georgetown, the demand for product is different. The biggest difference we see between Penang and uh, Klang Valley is Penang is not a very big city. So everybody can go to where you are. Whereas in Klang Valley, it's a very localized market except when it's the weekend. So you're actually serving the region where you're uh, bakery or cafe is and that is actually perfectly what we set up to is to uh, we wanted to set up our bakery in a way that we serve the community in that area mm. yep. and in terms of like the mm. taste preferences is it very different as well because Penang you are I guess you are famous for all your laksa and chakritiao and all these really really good foods that even us in KL we're like oh yeah Penang probably does it better right so do you feel that the standards are different as well Okay, for sourdough bread, when we first started yeah, in Balik Pulau, so uh, it's a type of uh, bread that a little bit tangy. So on the first few days that uh, we operate, there's an uncle from uh, cycling in to our bakery. Then very happily buy a loaf of bread, go back. And the next day he came back. <laughs> so I thought, wow. Maybe he had finished the loaf of bread right. and going to buy another loaf. But when he come in, his face is so angry. And he said, Hey, that means <laughs> why your bread gets spoiled when the first day I bought. So I find that, oh, okay. Sourdough bread is something that is uh, new to our local community at that time, that many years back in 2012. So a new taste for them. From then onwards, I uh, started to tell my uh, colleagues, all my colleagues, the frontliner, I said, when a new customer coming in, 
tell them what are the tastes that they should expect, a little bit tangy. Uh, as we don't put any softener or preservative in the bread, it might not be so soft as the normal, usual bread. So they started with that way. It gives uh, better results after that. So uh, we know that uh, at that moment, uh, not many uh, sourdough uh, bread choices available in Penang at that moment. And uh, we, do, we need to do a lot of education in terms of that. But now, actually, after some of the customers actually tried, because uh, after we moved up from Balik Pulau to Georgetown, they started to love it. And some even come in every day because they get used to the taste and they introduce to the friends. What is this different uh, when we first open in Kiel? It's a little bit different because the acceptance levels of sourdough bread here is higher. When they come in, they will expect uh, this is the taste they that should actually uh, get from a sourdough bread. So it's more easier. The acceptance level in uh, Damansara is more higher mm. compared to when we first opened in Bali Pulau or Georgetown. So yeah. this this uh this uncle who came on a bicycle in Penang, is he one of your loyal customers now? Or is like after the first day, it's like, oh, I don't like sour breads anymore. <laughs> Actually, uh, he came back to buy. Yeah, he started to introduce to his friends. But after we move up from Balik Pulau, uh, unfortunately, I think he's no longer around. Mm, yeah. Right, it's... right. So what are your plans for the future and the next like? Two to three years. Do you see yourself like opening more and more yin's bakeries? So one of the things that we noticed, right, when we started off the yin Souder bakery in Balik Pulau, it was only yin and uh, one uh, retired lady and a single mom who works in the bakery. But today yin is, um, we have a, a roaster, we have a barista, we have a few chefs. Um, we have many people who comes and uh, work together with us. Those people who come with, and work together with us are all very passionate about F&B. So we attracted quite a few numbers of young people who are just passionate about F&B and they found a place where they can grow their passion. So in that way, right, Yin is no longer uh, Suin here, but Yin is the chef who is cooking in the kitchen. Yin is the roaster who's roasting our coffee. Yin is the baker, the Saba boy who is baking in Uptown. When we, we, we found that we can't just be stagnant anymore because if we, st- we, we are stagnant, right, our partners, our, our staff would all be stagnant in their career. All these are very young people who are passionate about F&B. We try to grow together with them to provide them with a career path. Even that, that fermentation that Suin has been talking about, right, our chef, our young chef, are also beginning to get into fermentation. They are fermenting kimchi to introduce into their menu as specials and other stuff. So as we as we grow to uptown, right, our Saba boy had an opportunity to become to hit the the Saudo bakery in uptown. So these are our growth opportunities. And our roaster is now roasting. He's getting better at roasting cof- the coffee beans, and he's roasting for all the outlets in that we are serving. So is Suin is no longer Yin, but everybody else that is working within is actually Yin right now. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Well, all the best with uh with your business and with finding 
more and more yins out there <laughs> to join you. <laughs> but thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming by today. Yeah, thank, thank you, Jun. That's all we have for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or visit our website at www.bfm.my. And if you're hungry for more recipes to try out this weekend or want to read some funky food writing, you can find us on my blog at junantonic.com. That's J-U-N-A-N-T-T-O-N-I-C.com. As usual, I'm Jun, and you've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9.